This is Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Today we're going to give you three ways to use triads in your lines. So we almost never do a list of three. Is this a play on the triad thing? Da, da, da. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like it. All right. That's very meta. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cool. Um, why don't you kick this one off? Because I have some ideas about this, but I don't really know how to put them in words. So I'm hoping that once you and your eloquence and verbosity. <laughs> I don't think that's a real word, but okay. I'll, I'll go with it. All right. <laughs> Verbosity. Verbosity. Verbosness. <laughs> Uh, so the first thing that I usually think of when I think of triads is triad pairs. Um, and this is a really easy concept where you can combine two different triads that work in the diatonic scale of whatever chord tone you're in, uh, chord you're playing on, excuse me, and you can play them in their inversions. So if you are playing over C major 7 chord, you can do, let's say it's a C major 7 sharp 11. You could do the triad of E minor and D major, D major, E minor, and do those in their inversions one after the other. So mm. D major, E minor, D major, E minor, up there inversions. Um, and it gets you this really organized sound. It's a way to kind of organize uh, your lines into these patterns. Um, and that's usually the first way you can kind of break into triads. I mean, you can go even simpler than that. But that's a, a very easy way to get into this idea of triadic patterns of using the shape and these shapes in your yeah. lines. And that stuff sounds good. I mean, I think that really any good. of these things, when you talk about using them in your lines, like when you practice them, will probably be a little bit more, um, you know, specific and almost pattern-based as we go through them. Mm. But once you start to find things that you can put over chords that you like the way that they sound and then break them up, there's more of a chance that you're going to use like a little fragment of them as opposed to just running through them. Because I was thinking, you know, diatonically, that's like a way to really hear all the possibilities that are really right inside of a certain sound. But but the simplest way, of course, over a C major would set you up for all the different modes. So like if you're going through diatonically and you're just skipping a note each time, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. C major and then D minor, E minor, F major, G, you know, up like that, that just gives you the exact sound of, the, of, of that particular chord. And then which, once you go to the other modes, they're going to be exactly the same. But you could also think about like the diminished scale. It could really be over any scale. That's right. And when you get, get to diminish, it's interesting because diatonic movement of the triads are all diminished triads. You right. Know? And you can break them up in interesting ways. And those are the kind of ones that I end up sort of using, I think, in my lines a lot. Are like the, the diminished scale yeah. diatonic triads? Yeah. yeah, little fragments of those. Yeah, that should actually probably be number one, and the triad pairs should probably be number two as far as complexity, because you're right. You can just move the diatonic triads around the scale, and then the triad pairs are more of uh, the specific shape of those two triads. That's yeah. a good point, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, that brings us to our third tip of the triad. Is it, Are there tips on a triad? No, they're <laughs> angles, points. Um, yeah, the anchors. Points, <laughs> points anchors yeah. of the triad. So uh, when I was in New York, I got to play with a bunch. Um, uh, great tenor saxophonist, George Garzone. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, George is an awesome guy, great player. And he's got this great teacher, too. Excellent teacher. And he has this amazing triad concept um, for playing outside of the changes and for getting outside. And it's one of my favorite things to do because you actually take the changes completely out of the, out of the equation. They're, they're, you don't even have to think about them 
because it's almost, it's not random, but it's almost random. So here's how the, the George uh, Gardone system of triads work. And I, I think he calls it the chromatic triadic concept. I'm going to have to double check that, but I think that's what it's called. Um, and the way I learned it was this. You start with one triad. It doesn't matter. It could be major, minor, diminished, or augmented. And in fact, you want to work on all of these. But let's say you start with a C major triad in root position, C, E, G. Now, the only rule is you have to start your next triad within the half step of that last note of that G. So the next triad has to start on either G flat or A flat. Mm -hmm. And then the second rule is it can't be in the same inversion as the triad it just came from. Mm. So it can't be, the next triad can't be G flat, B flat, D flat because we just did a root position. So the next triad could be F sharp, A, D because that's a first inversion of a D or it could be F sharp, B, D sharp Mm -hmm. because that's the second inversion of B or it could be F sharp, A, C. That sounds really cool, a diminished triad. or it could be uh, G sharp, B, E. It could be G, uh, A flat, D flat, F. It could be A flat, C, E. You know, all of these actually couldn't be that because that's in a root position. That was a test. I was that about was a to, test. I, that I, was I, a test. I was, I was a self-check there, see? <laughs> Although that could be maybe a C augmented. So it could be – so even if it's a different um, type of triad, it still needs to be a different inversion as well or is it one or the other? Yeah, it still needs to be in a different inversion as well. Okay. Um, but, but it can the, be the same type. The diminished and the augmented obviously are the same thing in any inversion, right? Right, right, so right. So you kind of get away with something there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's fun to mix the types. It's fun to mix major and minor. It's fun to mix, especially diminished and augmented. Mm-hmm. So let's say you do C, E flat, F sharp, and then do G, B, E flat. Mm-hmm. That thing sounds awesome. And right. you can keep going up. You can keep, and then go after the E flat, go uh, E, A, C sharp, an A triad mm-hmm. up above that and come so down. So the rule stays the same as you go through. The rule stays always. the same up and down. It is super hard to get going on this thing. Oh, it takes a lot of concentration. But once you kind of get, you, you actually start to develop licks. You start to develop like patterns that feel good and that you kind of have. I'm telling you what, it's like the coolest sound. And, it, and it's a great way to get out of your head and get out of the changes for a second and really just worry about, you're thinking about rhythm and the shape of the line. This is a great concept. I might actually even, on this particular episode, I might post a link to uh, some uh, part of the literature on this, I know there's probably some stuff online because it's worth checking out for sure. So is this this is the triadic chromatic approach? That's right. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I love that, and then you hit on at the end there. I think such an important part of this, if I could see you kind of light up as you were hearing this and thinking about it, is like it's a really cool sound, and that's mm. what this is about. Like, there's a restricted rules there, which is great to practice by. But I always think of like restricting yourself to certain rules actually opens up new sounds for you. Absolutely. Because we're always, we always think, you know, some people are like, well, I don't want to do patterns or rules because then I'm not being free to improvise. People that are usually saying that when they're free to improvise, they're actually just playing what's comfortable to them. So they're yeah. not actually coming up with anything new. No. And when you hear Garzon play this, I don't think, I mean, he's breaking the rules. He's playing, he has this, I mean, it's, it's truly a musical sound for him. And yeah. he's, it's a language that he's really helped develop, a dialect that he's helped develop. So, yeah. you know, these rules are in place to kind of get you into this sound. And then once you understand the sound, you can break the rules and do all your own thing. Yeah. And a lot of times these are really practice techniques for improvisation. Everyone's always talking about, what do I practice? I just have to 
be free and improvise, but this opens up new sounds, new things to play that you can incorporate when you are being free because they sound good. Yeah, you know? that's right. If you let your musical taste sort of dictate and curate what you're going to actually play when you're improvising, it's great when these things start to come out. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that's three, and that's all we promised because this is triad, but I want to just throw one uh, more uh, in. Oh, uh, seventh chord's coming. <laughs> no, 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 still on triads, but... But um, that is like one use of triad. Wait, what, what is this? What is this episode called? It's called the three ways to use triads, and you're giving okay, us yeah. number so four. I'm, Come I'm, on, I've been gone so far. Okay, this will be number four, <laughs> but it's still using triads in your lines. But I mean, I think this is something that I do a lot, and and I like the sound. And that is to take a triad that is, um, you know, very far from the chord that you're in, and, and typically I'll do this over major chords or dominant chords. I, I think they could work over other ones, but. That's sort of where I hear them. So you might have like a C major 7. So if you think about something that would clash with that or that would be really outside, there's a lot of different things, but maybe you take A. Yeah. So you got A, C sharp, E. So, of course, the C sharp, you know, kind of violently is in collusion with – no, collusion. Collision. <laughs> collision. I don't know why collusion's on my why mind. Why is it on your mind, man? <laughs> collision with. It's more colliding with da, the da. C. <laughs> ja. Um, with the C sharp and the C. So I would play over an A triad in improvising. Yeah. So you don't have to fight hard to make that sound out because it is out. out. Yeah. But it's, it's got a little bit kind of centering it as well because the A and the E. But what I'll do is when I'll go to those those kind of triads is I'll play them in a very basic way like just do, do, dee, do, 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 de, do, de, 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 da. Like one, two, three, five. Um, still over, that would be in the A, over the C so almost like a two chord, like something very basic, no upper extensions, no sevenths or anything. Yeah, yeah. But because they're already so far outside, you can go very basic. And the beauty of the triad is it's such a basic harmonic you know, foundation of music. Strong. Of all, str- very strong yeah, yeah. that, you know, it, if you do it in C, it just sounds like you don't know what you're doing. Right. But if you go to some sort of tr- weird triad, it can it can really give you some great, strong melodic content in which to improvise over. That's awesome. I mean, it's so funny. I do the exact same thing, but I, I usually use B if I'm in C. <laughs> right, right? right. Like I'll use yeah, yeah. Well, no, they. I mean, almost everyone works. They actually, uh, yeah, so for C, A works, B works, A flat works really totally. good, yeah. F sharp. I mean, the only ones that don't are the ones that are just straight diatonic, like G. G, yeah. You know, um, I mean, D works. E flat works, uh, E, yeah. yeah, F is doesn't really work that well for this. Yeah. But you almost just think about it like what pianists, what we call like a two chord, one, two, three, five. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I hope you like those uh, four ways. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, we always, you know, under promise and over deliver. If we say we're going to give you three, <laughs> we're going to give you four. No, but you know what? We want to hear from you on this, too. If you have any ideas about how to use triads that we haven't hit on, uh, you know, send us your ways that you like to work triads, and we want to hear about that, and maybe we can talk about it next yeah, time. Yeah, because if you tell us, then we'll hear it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the You'll Hear It podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a rating or review. Yeah, I liked what I heard. Hmm. I'm going to leave five stars, but (laughs) you guys can do whatever you want. Today's episode was brought to you by Open Studio, jazz lessons from jazz legends. Check out our brand new All Access Pass. All Access, what is that, like one or two courses you get? Dude, I said All Access. It's access to everything. Every course, hundreds, ah, thousands, tens you. of thousands of lessons. <laughs> Wait, me, let tens me, of thousands. Well, back up, back no, up. Definitely hundreds. <laughs> We're getting close to a thousand. Everything from Christian McBride, Peter Martin, Romero Lobombo, Gregory Hutchinson, 
Miles Davis, Meadlux Lewis, okay, Jelly Roll it's Morton. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> no, some of those. The first couple, we've got them. <laughs> Check us out. OpenStudioNetwork.com. <laughs>